And Jesus told his disciples, and yet it is written regarding the Son of Man that he must suffer greatly and be treated with contempt. Good morning, Christian America. Today's passage in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples are descending from the mountaintop, which they just encountered a transfigured Jesus. They just encountered Elijah and Moses, and the disciples are pondering some questions about what just took place. They're asking Jesus. Jesus is providing answers, and it's those answers that we want to get into and discuss. It's got some history to it. It's got some biblical reflections and prophecies in the Old Testament that are being fulfilled in the New. Let's get into the Scripture today. Let's put our thinking caps on as we get into the Word. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our, across our nation because it's important, friends. It's the most important aspect of our lives. It should be the number one priority in your life is putting God at the forefront of your life and everything that you do in it, all the work that you do in it, all the interactions, all the words that you speak, how you behave, how you interact with one another, how you love one another as you love yourself. Because not because it's something that 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 we say, that I say, that Eddie or anybody else says, or your pastor or your ministers or uh, your priest say, but because God commands it, that Jesus commands us to love one another, and it's that it's that command that we must live out in the world. We must interact with one another as we truly love them, as we truly love ourselves. But first, we have to love ourselves, and and to love ourselves, we have to love the one who made us, and that's God. And so we get into the scripture here on this podcast. We take snippets in order, verbatim. We show it to you. We read it to you. We discuss, hey, these are the words that God has given us. This is his love that he has poured out for words in word form so that we can read it and understand it. God reaches us at wherever we are. He speaks to us from wherever we are at whatever knowledge level, whatever uh, education level, however well-read or not read at all, Jesus can speak to us. He speaks to us both through the mind of the intellectual uh, and through the heart of the emotional, right? He, he interacts with us in numerous ways, and it's important that we keep our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts, more importantly, open to the world, open to God's love so that we may encounter him in these moments and that we then take those moments, take that love, take that admiration that God has for us and that we pour it out on our fellow men and women so that we would love them as, as we love ourselves. It's important that we understand this as a community. It's important that we do this as a people so that we can live in harmony together. We can live more harmonious for sure than what we see in the secular world today with all the hatred and the division and the name calling about this side or that side. Um, it's, it's not a good place. I don't believe any of you that have witnessed and that are witnessing the secular world playing out in this division, uh, this divide and conquer uh, type of interaction, human interaction. I 
I, I can't believe that you think that it, anyone would think that it's a good thing. Anyone who's a, a follower of Christ would think that it's a good thing what we see, that it's a good thing of the anger and the hatred and the division that we see. So what, the way we combat that is not through more anger, it's not through more division, but it's through love and not just our love because who are we, but it's God's love. And that's what we try to seek out. That's what we try to understand. Uh, but in order to live it, we have to both feel it. We have to be open to it. We have to also uh, be able to conceptualize it. That's why we're here. Again, we want to we want to show you scripture. We want to be able to talk about it so you understand the words, uh, the stories that are laid out in the gospels from the eyewitnesses that took a part that that took part in these miraculous actions. This these examples that Jesus lays out that they were witness to. And so last uh, podcast, last week, if you remember, we were uh, reading about the transfigured Jesus. Jesus taking a few of his disciples up on the mountaintop, being transfigured before their eyes, cloaked in white, uh, a white so bright that the world uh, doesn't have that color, essentially. And Jesus interacts with Moses. He interacts with Elijah. The voice of God comes rolling in, saying to listen to, this is my son, listen to him. Listen to him. And we we went pretty, uh, pretty deep on the idea of what it means to listen to Jesus. So if you want to hear that message, I'd ask you to go back to Friday's podcast, re-listen to that. But Today, we continue the, the journey through the Gospel of Mark. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 9. We're going to start on verse 9. And this is taking place directly after that. As they come down the mountaintop, the, the disciples are trying to figure out what, what they just saw. Like, imagine having experienced that and then trying to explain it to others, even amongst themselves. And they don't really want to question what they've just been seen i mean they are still with jesus who took part in this and so you can only imagine what they're thinking as they're walking down this mountain um and jesus is with them and here's a portion of their conversation that we're going to show it to you we're going to read it to you and then we'll get into what what it actually means and it's important because we're going to do uh it, based on the history the biblical history that leads up to this there's going to be some flash points and flashbacks that we have to uh that we're going to have to show to you just so you can kind of conceptualize what jesus is talking about because we're not him and it's hard for us to understand but luckily we have two thousand years of scholarship uh that have been able to point us in the right direction and we're going to bring that to you here today so let's cover uh this portion of scripture as they're coming down the mountaintop all right, starting in verse 9, Scripture says that as they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept matters to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He told them, Elijah will indeed come first and restore all things. Yet, how is it written regarding the Son of Man that he must suffer greatly 
and be treated with contempt. But I tell you that Elijah has come and they did to him whatever they pleased as it is written of him. Four lines of scripture, four lines of scripture that we just read. So rich with biblical history, um, an understanding and an uh, inherent understanding of the Old Testament prophets. Uh, they reference this. What does this mean uh, when they say that uh, rising from the dead, right? What What is he, they're questioning themselves and uh, what Jesus is telling them, right? So put yourself in their shoes. Hey, maybe you don't have to be in their shoes. Maybe you're hearing this and reading this for the very first time. Like what, what does he mean rising from the dead? Well, I would tell you that you have to go back to the prophet Daniel and the prophet Daniel prophesies that there will come a time where people rise from the dead, that God, um, will provide a reward at the end of days. And I want to show you briefly um, a, a couple of passages in the book of Daniel in chapter 12, um, where he references this. Okay, so I'm going to share this. So Daniel chapter 12, uh, verse 2, he says, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, others to reproach and everlasting disgrace. So there you have Daniel prophesizing that there will be an everlasting awakening. Uh, and where you spend that awakening, either uh, in bliss, essentially, or in everlasting disgrace. Um, later on in chapter 12 and i'll share this verse with you as well daniel goes on to say chapter 12 verse 12 blessed are they who have patience perseverance and for the 1335 days go take your rest you shall rise for your reward at the end of days see so this idea of resurrection this idea of the rising of the dead spending time that jesus is returned when the messiah comes these things will happen um resurrection so so first this this is the idea or it's not the idea this is the prophecy that daniel has prophesied jesus is alluding to these things so as a christian and there's a lot of Christians that don't understand, I guess, how Christianity came about out of the Old Testament Jewish faith of Israel. Remember, Jesus is Jewish. He had, got, there is only one God. He was there from the beginning. And so these prophets through the Old Testament, the, the laws handed down to Moses, all point in a direction to fulfill our lives better by pointing us to the one God. And Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the son of the one God. He is the son as part of the Trinity. As he'll later say that 
I am in the Father and the Father is in me and our spirit, the spirit, my spirit will be poured out upon many. And that's where the, 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 the Trinity comes from. It's from the test from the Old Testament fulfilled in Jesus, fulfilled in the New Testament. And so continuing down these four passages, as Jesus tries to explain to his disciples, he says, uh, they ask him, well, doesn't it say that Elijah must come first? And he responds, he says, indeed, Elijah will indeed come first and restore things, yet it is, it is written that the Son of Man will greatly suffer and be treated with contempt. But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased. This is a reference to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the new Elijah. John the Baptist is the one who paved the way for Jesus. If we go back to Jesus' baptism, who is it that baptizes Jesus? It is John the Baptist, who is the prophet who understands what is to come. It is John the Baptist. Who's the one who says, I baptize you with water, but there will be one greater than I that will baptize you with fire and the spirit. It is John the Baptist. And just like Elijah, John the Baptist is harassed by who? A king and an, and an evil queen. Similarly, it, you have to go back to the book of Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, where, um, and I'll show you just a, a brief passage so you understand, like, like this is where the New Testament comes from. This is where Jesus' words, his understanding, his lesson, his ministry in, in these four lines here, this is where it comes from. It's not off the cuff. He's not making things up. It's directly derived from biblical history it's directly re, uh, um, derived from the old testament prophets so turn real quick to first kings chapter 19 and just briefly on elijah uh ahab king ahab told queen isabel all that elijah had done that he had murdered all the prophets by the sword jezebel then sent a messenger to elijah and said may the gods do thus to me and more by this time tomorrow if I have not done with your life what was done to each of them and it's a, it goes on to say Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life uh, he went into Beersheba um, go back and read first Kings but the, the the point we're trying to make here is that Jesus knows all of this and he is using that uh, as proof for us and for the disciples, for his followers that saying, look, John the Baptist was the, uh, was Elijah come again, reborn, resurrected. Elijah as a prophet, John the Baptist as a prophet. Uh, Elijah being t tortured and tormented by a king and queen of, of power that he stood up against. Uh, John the Baptist too stood up against a king and queen for immoral acts and calling them out in public standing for what is right and was tortured and beheaded right so th this is the context in which jesus is teaching his followers as he comes down from the mountaintop it's important why, why do we why do we bring this to you today for one is because we follow scripture uh 
in the context in which it is given to us and we don't want to mix and match you know different messages so we're continuing down the new testament but it's also important as followers that we intellectually understand these arguments that we intellectually understand the history of the biblical teachings and most important the teachings of jesus christ and so if you just happen to uh, uh, casually read these four verses of scripture it may go right over your head as though they were coming down to the mountain and they questioned jesus jesus gave them some cryptic answer uh, we don't really quite understand it and they keep on moving like no with it there's there's a lot of richness in just those four verses there's a lot of written richness and understanding in biblical history that comes as a part of that now did the disciples at this point know that no well we don't think they would know but jesus knew and it was written down it was important enough to be written down by the eyewitnesses being been spoke about to other people to be taught lessons on and an understanding of like wait a minute you know as after jesus and there's a lot of scripture in the book of acts and there's a lot of scripture in uh the apostles epistles about once jesus has risen and was crucified and has risen and the holy spirit is poured out on him then they start to understand all that was taught before his death and resurrection as this goes on and peter uh the apostle peter you know is is the is a is a pretty good model to look at as someone who is outspoken who is devoted to jesus but he doesn't understand numerous times throughout scripture jesus says something and and peter like tries tries to rebuke him oh you won't be crucified we won't let this happen and he says get behind me satan you're a stumbling block to me and jesus wants to wash his feet and he's like no jesus i you won't wash my feet um and jesus said well if you don't wash your if i don't wash your feet you you, you won't have eternal life and and then his response is overly exaggerated well okay no, don't just wash my feet then wash my whole body and he just doesn't get it he just doesn't get it he pulls out the sword when they come to get jesus he cuts off the ear of uh of the captor uh peter denies jesus after he jesus foretells him that he's going to deny he just doesn't get it it's not until the death and resurrection and the holy spirit come that we fully recognize being able to look back on these lessons where they didn't understand at the time but now that we have the benefit of history to to look back and say this is what he meant look at daniel we will rise again at the end of the ages when christ comes again look at the the uh, correlation between elijah and john the baptist how similar these things are they're not coincident we don't believe in coincidence god has a has a divine plan and so it's important in days like this where maybe there isn't some uplifting message there isn't some in-depth uh joyousness even though there is joyousness knowing that god has a plan and it all works but even in these four passages that seem mundane just know that there's a rich history behind that and 
as Christians, we all want to feel that glory. We want to feel that joy. We want to come out of our churches or we want to come out of Bible studies or we want to come out of even listening to podcasts like this with some kind of uplifting joyousness or, or some message that we can all understand that we can take out to the world. And this isn't uh, as easy as easily done as other passages, but that doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean that it's not even uh, even more important because understanding the biblical history, the biblical text to bring us to this point so that we can understand and we can more fully understand what Jesus is telling us. And so, you know, first Peter 316, you know, always have uh, to be able to give a, a reason as to why you hope where your hope lies. And so in order, in order for us to say, why does your hope lie in Jesus? Why? Why him? Why Christianity? You can point back to the entire text and say, look, this Old Testament, it all foretells the coming of a Messiah who must suffer and who is preceded, in this case, by Elijah come again and John the Baptist, who led the way, who paved the way, of repentance for the one who would baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit, and that's Jesus. So everything points to Christ. That's why we have hope in him, because there is one God, there is one Bible. The Old Testament points to the new, and the new reflects on the old, and is fulfilled. And so um, hopefully you get some lessons out of this passage. Hopefully it gets you thinking, I hope and I pray that this, this passage drives you to the book of 1 Kings. It drives you to the book of Daniel to further enrich yourself, enrich your knowledge in the biblical history, in the biblical prophets um, that preceded Christ, that point and paved the way to him. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you like messages like this if you continue to support what we're trying to do here which is grow the christian faith uh, emotionally spiritually as well as intellectually we seek to inspire to inform and to educate and hopefully you got educated here today hopefully you take this um and and it sparks a a wonder inside you it sparks an idea to learn more to uh to have more knowledge in the biblical text to have more knowledge as to why you hope why we hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you like what we're trying to do here, we ask that you share this podcast that we that, that you post this on your social media platform yourself, on your profile, that you like us, share us, follow us on all the social media platforms, as well as uh, Rumble, the, the, the video platform, our YouTube channel, our Rumble channel. Uh, the podcast is on all the major podcast platforms. Subscribe to it. Um, comment on us. Uh, did you take something else from this passage? Uh, is there something that we could add? Is there something that you would want to add? Um, feel free to comment below. Um, and we, we thank you guys for continuing to be a dedicated follower of this podcast and this community. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.